You're tuned in to another episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs by Recruit CRM. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs. And today we have with us Ryan Pitcher from Experts in Recruitment. Uh, Ryan, tell us a little bit about your business and yourself. Yeah, hi, Sean. Thanks for having me. Um, so Experts in Recruitment is a relatively new business. Um, we started on February 14th, uh, 2019. So at the time of recording, we're what, May 2021. So just over two years now. Um, and it's it's been a bit of a roller coaster. Um, obviously, with coronavirus happening, uh, we've spent almost over 50% of our life dealing with coronavirus, uh, which I imagine would be hard for sort of any business at any point, let alone someone who, for lack of a better explanation, is being new to having a business, hasn't got everything solid and running fluently yet. So overcoming more and more obstacles, it, it has been tricky. Um, but luckily, I, I set the business up with uh, my business partner, who uh, is a bit of a rock, really. So, you know, doing it alone, I think, would have been extremely hard. But having the two of us there to brainstorm, formulate and figure things out has been extremely helpful. Um, so we started off doing veterinary in the UK uh, and dabbled in in nursing in the UK as well, okay. um, which has sort of grown now to become overseas on the veterinary side of things where we also operate over in the US, um, cool. which means a lot of late nights. <laughs> um, and you, you have Monday. folks in the US, right? Do you have people actually sitting in the US doing US recruitment or is it all in the UK? No, so we do have an LLC that's being created in the US, um, which really just stays dormant at the moment. They seem generally happy to, to, to work with recruitment companies in the UK. Um, there are actually a lot of companies that do it, but we do have someone specifically that works US hours to accommodate the time over on the West Coast, especially. Um, but yeah, they seem really receptive to working with, uh, with us Brits over here in the UK. It seems to be a bit of a done thing. And Ryan, to go back now a little bit, we, we, we sort of know where you are uh, currently, but what's your story? Like, how, how did you, where were you born? Where do you go to school? And how did you eventually end up in recruitment? Sure. So um, it all happened by chance, really. So I was born in Suffolk, um, have never left Suffolk at all. I literally, I don't travel, I don't do anything. I I've, I've, was born here and have remained here. Um, at school, I mean, I got good grades in school, but, you know, I wasn't one of these super hard triers or anything like that. I had no aspirations to go to university. Um, at the end of year 11, uh, I went straight into employment. Um, where I worked for a haulage company. I mean, where I live is is in Felixstowe. So in the UK, if you know it, we're right by like this major docks. So okay. generally everyone born in Felixstowe ends up getting into haulage or transport or shipping of some kind, um, which I tried and it just wasn't for me. Um, okay. I've always wanted to get out something based on the effort that I put in. I've always been quite confident of my abilities. So a sales environment suits me much more rather than just a set salary. Here's your target. Here's the work, get it done. Um, so I soon left that and went into insurance, both in accident management and then eventually on to sort of broker sales um, and didn't really, see, as a recruiter now, it's funny, I didn't check the job market to see what similar roles in other industries would pay against what I was doing. So really, I was being absolutely mugged off, uh, yeah. getting paid like virtually nothing for doing something that I could be doing for another industry and earning a lot more. So 
Um, what did you make back then? Like, what, what, what would you make in a year back then doing that? Oh, do you know what? It's laughable. So I was between the ages of probably 17 to 19. I was a team leader for the company I was working for, and I had to threaten to leave to get beefed up to 16,000 um, wow. a year. No commission, no anything. But this was long hours. Like, it was a small business. I wanted to join a business and grow. I was getting in at, like, 3 a.m., leaving at 8 p.m. Um, exactly. So were a couple of my colleagues. And then... I had a conversation with a family member who said, oh, I'm earning 19,000 in this call center. And I was like, yeah, I'll get me into that. Yeah. It's, it's so much better. And then there was commission and bonus. And once I realized that actually I could get paid based on performance, then I've not left sales since. Yeah. Um, that business then went under the whole business in a matter of like a month. They said, right, everyone's getting made redundant. There's a big issue and you've got about 300 people all fighting for the same jobs. Um, I did go to another job in cybersecurity, but then after four months, one of the people I did work with said, look, I've joined this recruitment company. The earning potential is to the moon. You know, I think you'd be great at it. Have a look at it. So I had one conversation with a the manager there and I've been in recruitment ever since. That was about four years ago now so i'm still i'm still a recruitment baby really yeah, yeah. Um, now, now this would be a fun difference right well how much did you make in your first year of recruitment versus like the 16k you were making before yeah so this is this is funny so when i joined recruitment um i joined a brand new sector so the sector at the time was nursing and they only had i think it was like three clients so i said you know what i'm not gonna try and earn anything just yet there was two of us so my job here is going to be to get new business on so i need to speak to anyone and everyone so we've started, got some real vacancies to work with and then in the first three months i think i got on just shy of it must have been just over 30 clients some of them quite small you know nursing is like nursing homes independence things like that um but they saw the potential in me there which you know i really enjoyed and I got um but they made a business manager's position for me uh business development manager so I jumped onto that straight away so actually before setting up experts my time as a consultant was actually minimal it was about three months um again one of the benefits of setting up with someone who was a seasoned recruiter who could go and do that side of things so we had the best of both worlds I could get the business on he'd be able to put people into that business and it, it worked and gelled well um, so the the answer to your question is virtually nothing as far as commission goes. Um, okay. But yeah, on the on the business side of things, a lot came through. Got it. And 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 when starting your business, right? This is this is always a fun. Why did you decide to quit that job and start the business? That's the first question. So it actually came from ideological differences with my then boss. Um, I mean, as as happens in a lot of businesses, you know me. And my current business partner, we saw the way that things were running and there were certain things that were happening that we were really unhappy with. We tried to implement change within the business and make suggestions that fell on deaf ears. Can you give an example like, what, 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 of something you were unhappy with? So it's, it's more real for the people? Sure. So um, it's quite... So recruitment can be quite exploitive uh, for their clients. I mean, we work in, as I said, veterinary and nursing where the staffing levels in the UK just can't keep up with the amount of work that's there. Um, so doing things like sending over blank terms and conditions to a client who are desperate for someone. And then once they've interviewed and everything, then sort of losing the art of negotiation and sending across terms, which are a lot higher than what they should be rather than having something set. I mean, that was as far as the clients go, but both internally as well, it was, 
it was very elitist, the company that we were working for. So as someone that comes in new to the business, it's very intimidating. And I think you can lose a lot of good talent that way. Um, and I don't just mean like, I mean, I know a lot of businesses, they'll have president's clubs and uh, everything. So in this industry, it was if you earn over 200,000 in one year, you become part of this club. But I mean, this is an example from after we left. But um, it was a blinding summer. I think it's one of the hottest summers that the UK has had. And they bought this fridge to go into the break room, which was full of like cans of Coke and things like that, you know, but only the people in this, this club were able to have access to this. Um, so, you know, you'd have one person coming to sit in at their desk with this nice cold can of Coke and someone next to him who's dying of dehydration. And, you know, it's like, I'd love to give you a sip, but you know, you haven't earned it. Um, so yeah, we just wanted to try and, generate uh, a more friendly culture right absolutely yeah i mean competition is good you know it's good to have things to aspire to and bonuses but there's there's a limit to that um yeah Yeah. everything can't be a zero-sum game yeah right i totally get it and and so you started this so when you started this out did you have a did you just start this out of sheer frustration where you were like okay i can't do this anymore or did were you like okay I'm going to quit this, but I need so much in savings to start a new firm. And, and what, what, was the, what was the game plan? Uh, so this was the biggest risk I'll ever take in my life. Absolutely. So, I mean, there'd been talks of saying like, you know, we can do this better. We think that we'd be able to do it and grow it into something that we have in our vision that we've tried to change here that hasn't worked. And then there was one day where I had a massive, massive argument with my then boss. And it was clear from the back of that conversation that, I was going to be leaving that business. It just didn't work. Like I wasn't enjoying working there. I, I went from absolutely loving it and being excited to getting in to dreading going in um, and, you know, trying to earn money in, in a way which I thought was best that um, wasn't received in the way in which I wanted it to. So this massive argument happened and I had no preparation whatsoever. Um, there was nothing in mind at this point to say, right, on this day, I'm going to do this research and get this sorted. So, um I decided to leave that and I actually spoke to um, someone that I knew of who was interested in investing in a recruitment business. Okay. Uh, we had lunch that day and then the next week experts in recruitment was formed. And, and um, what were the terms and, and a lot of, a lot of people starting new recruitment businesses, right? And, and they're talking to investors. What were the terms like in this situation? Did, what, what, like what kind of quantum of money was invested? What kind of ownership was given to the investor? Like how did it work out? Sure. So the original agreement with this investor, because it, that eventually went sour, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have a new investor now where things are working swimmingly. But the original agreement was we would have a pot up to the value of 250000 to dip into as okay. and if we needed it. Um, that wouldn't just be chucked into the bank account. It'd be a case of having a discussion. Okay, you want to invest in this or you need this. I'll provide this, um, which would work on the temporary side of things as well. You know, we can pay temporary workers. Um and then for the money that we took out whilst we were in debt to this person, essentially, um, we would provide them uh, 20% of the invoices, of the profit received, essentially, okay. um, until that was paid back. And we were at a point where we were actually able to be self-sufficient and sustain ourselves. Okay. Um, but that contract didn't come through for a couple of months. And to cut a long story short, the contract wasn't what we thought it was going to be. So I'm now in an amazing position where it's actually my father who is our investor now 
um, which means I get to make money for him. Yeah, which is brilliant. Um, and we were a bit further along the road at this point as well. So the amount that we needed wasn't as significant. We actually essentially have set the business up on £35,000. Um, Not at all. Yeah, it's nothing. Um, it does, it, you know, it did mean that we had to make sure that we started making moves hard and fast, um, so that we could pay for ourselves. I mean, and and were you profitable the first year after paying your salaries in the first year? It was around about break even. Um, I mean, we had a couple of months where we did struggle and then a couple of months, which sort of made up for it. Um, but the first, the very first few months, as I said, there was no preparation whatsoever. So it was literally me and my business partner sitting in a like boiling hot room, just going through spreadsheets and taking numbers online, calling people, getting email addresses. Um, so we didn't have the head start that you would normally get with a recruitment business where there's like a database to go from. So we had to set all that up as quick as possible. And and now, obviously, you guys have scaled up your team. We know because you're, you're a customer of Recruit Serum. But 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 like, like what, what you know, you, you have a bunch of businesses, right? You have the UK business, you have the US business. When you combine all of them together, have you have you broken that magical one million pound or dollar, one million dollar mark? We have, yeah, yeah, we have, right. yeah. It's been it's been it's been a blinding success, really. Um, we and, and the thing is as well. So we again, we do the veterinary in the UK and the US and nursing in the UK, but not one of them is like something that we lean on. They're all as efficient as each other, um, which and, is and great for us. Now the second question: Do you have more than one business unit that's doing a million, or do you have any one? No, I mean, collaboratively between them, they're, they're doing a million between them, but I don't think it's going to be shy. This year, we'll certainly be looking to do two, if not three. Got it. And, and that's pounds or dollars? Pounds. Okay. So that two million, two million pounds is like, I think, $3 million almost. There are thereabouts. Yeah. Like 0.75 exchange rate. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere close that's, to that. that's, that's incredible. And, and just to be sure, is, 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 this, is this net revenue or is this gross revenue? Because if you're doing staffing, you know, a large. Oh, yeah. No, this is, yeah, this is um, all together. So I'm just trying to run the figures in, in my head. Yeah. So that's turnover. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that's turnover. So that includes the salaries that are going to be paid out. Yeah. 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 No, no, to the, to the nurses. To the nurses, yeah. So that's invoices received, yeah. Okay, so total invoices received. Goal for the next twelve months is maybe two million pounds. And and what what are the margins in this market? Is it like thirty percent? Is it twenty five percent for for staffing versus? Okay. Yeah, yeah, not quite. So in nursing, we've got an interesting thing going on at the moment. We're actually bringing nurses over from Sri Lanka. That happens at a flat fee, so that's on a permanent basis. Um, and in veterinary. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight no cost associated with it. No cost at all. Yeah. Okay. So, but, um, but the staffing revenue is very different, right? Because then, if you make ten grand, you're you're probably paying like six, seven, eight to the actual nurse as their compensation for doing that shift. Yeah, yeah. So the margin on that. So for nursing, we don't do uh, temporary, but for veterinary, we do. So veterinary, the average vet at the moment, I mean, it's changing slightly because of IR35, but the average vet would get paid around about 300 a day, of which we'd get a £50 fee on top of that. Um, Got it. That's in the UK. And then over in the US, again, we're, we're just permanent only. Got it. But when you count revenue, you're counting the whole 350 Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. And, and, and when you think about profitability on, on the million or the two million scale, 
is it is it like double digits? Have you been able to like generate a net of like more than ten percent, or is it more in the five to ten percent range or the one to five percent range? I would say, I mean, if I was being comfortable, I'd say five to ten percent. Certainly, as far as profit goes, by the end of this year, we'd be hoping to see uh, six figures. I think we'd be very comfortably over into that. Um, and and this is after paying yourself like after the, yeah yeah the that's, that's that's gross profit yeah as yeah as a business that's awesome that's yeah, a great place to be right like. Yeah, starting for 35,000. So this is, I mean, um, one of the things of setting up a business and with this being our first business, I mean, we had an idea of what tools we wanted in the first instance. And this is one of the things I would say that we probably rushed into is we wanted to get to that point as quick as possible. Um, so as the money was coming in, in the first year, we were spending it, you know, on, on the tools and everything that we needed, that we thought we needed to get there. Whereas realistically, if I was to give advice to anyone setting up a business is really pick and choose what is actually a necessity and what is a luxury when starting the business, because we took all of that straight away. And that probably led us to struggle more than we needed to. And, and one more question, year or so. question, Ryan, Go, going back into this, right? Uh, as a business owner, right? Like, deciding when to start paying yourself a salary is like a huge decision, right? I, like I myself, the group CRM, we probably started paying ourselves like 15 or 16 months in, right? So, so did you start paying yourself like the first month at the end of the first year, second year? Like when did you, one, timeline-wise, when did you start and why? Like was it because you were profitable? So. Do you know what? At this point, um, we haven't taken anything more than we really need to, to to get by. We haven't done anything as far as having anything luxurious. I mean, we haven't been able to spend money because of coronavirus in the last year anyway. Yeah. But at this point, yeah, it's it's all the money goes back into the business because we want to try and grow as quick as possible. So rather than um, take longer to get to where we want to be in five years, literally everything just goes back. We don't need to do anything fancy in that now you know we would rather would it be correct to say you're taking less than a thousand pounds a month out of the business just for yourself probably around about that yeah about a thousand which i can do you know because i've got my other half and she earns quite yeah. healthily so we don't need to do any of that so yeah it's, it's probably around about that got that we're taking out each so month. you're literally just taking out enough to like not worry about stuff and your business is still profitable. But, 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 but Ryan, again, like as a business owner now, when, when do you see yourself taking more out of the business as a salary, like say taking 30 or 40 grand out a year, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, we want to make sure that we've got that war chest there, especially having sitting through coronavirus. I mean, in the first month when coronavirus hit, all the vet hospitals were closed, um, yep. even in certain ones for, for emergencies. So we were literally able to make nothing on that. We didn't have the US one set up at that yep. point. Um, and nursing was you know, still up and coming. So we want to make sure that we're prepared, probably more overcautious now than undercautious as we were to yep. make sure. So Although the money is, I mean, the money is there to do that now. You know, we could take something out and and treat ourselves because we haven't thus far, and you know, really reward ourselves for the success of the business. But this year is, I mean, we we say in the office, it's the year of the bank. We're literally just everything that comes in is going in. We're going to coast through and then see where this we're is at. Probably not the stage you want to be trying to buy a Bentley, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like you, you know, that may, may, maybe once you're once you're past ten million, right? Uh, yeah, yeah maybe <laughs> maybe and, a bit before that <laughs> yeah and 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 what are the what are the growth plans like like now how 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 does this business go from being 
a million or two million a year to like ten million a year? Like what so, do you need? Yeah, so we're really now just finding our feet and have um, really solidified our place in the markets that we're in. Um, nursing has a lot of room to grow in the UK because we've been spending a lot of time on overseas. Um, so it's going to be a case of because of the minimal amount of staff we've got at the moment, we have nine total spread across three sectors. So we can afford to put more consultants into each sector so we can maximize the value out of each of those. Yeah. Um, we talk about other sectors, you know, we do research into where we want to head to next and actually listening to your podcast with Lou Adler um, who if anyone hasn't listened to it I strongly suggest to go and have a look at it he is the guy Um, and you know he shed a lot of light on the accountant side of things which is something that we'd not um, really considered before because we stick to what we know you know we've worked in businesses before where they have this sector and that sector and we know which ones of them are most profitable which ones we think we could perhaps take on next but really we want to go outside of that but yeah so i think over the course of the next two years we want to take on maybe four or five new people to go in the sectors we have at the moment and then we'll start looking at taking on a, a new sector brilliant and and ryan now as as we come towards the end of this what advice would you give like your 20 year old self God, that's hard. That'd be a long list of things. <laughs> one one um, piece, right? Like just, just if you just had to pick one thing. Uh, to be honest, it would be just go for it. Like I've always wanted to have my own business. That's always been the dream. I didn't want to yeah. work for someone else the whole time. Um, and after setting up a business, I mean, it has been a rocky road, but I wouldn't do it any other way now. If you've got the idea that maybe you want to set up a business, find a way to do it. You know, it is extracurricular time. Do your research outside of your work time, uh, which is something I didn't do at the time. I thought I would just fall into it and somehow make enough bank that I could just start it. But if you want to do it, you know, give up your free time to do it. And then you'll, you know, you'll get that free time back in the long run. Brilliant. And, and what's the situation? Like, uh, you know, do you have, do you have kids? Do you have dogs, cats, uh, a spouse? Like what's going on? (laughs) None of the moment. Yeah, I've got a high maintenance other half. She won't mind me saying that. Uh, she keeps me busy. <laughs> um, yeah, so the year that the plan is, is, you know, we will have kids one day. We want to see, ideally, you know, close to a million in our bank before we have kids because we haven't had a chance to, like, really live life yet. Um, so this is no diss on anyone who has kids, but, you know, we want to go out and really enjoy traveling and things before we do so, before, you know, we don't have the opportunity. That's cool. So, 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 so having kids is like after becoming a millionaire, right? Like that's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's your game. Yeah. I, I mean, find fault in that. Uh, and then, and then just to finish up, right? Like what, what's the hardest part about your job? The, the hardest part about my job is probably the people. I mean, I've managed a team before, but ever so more important now when you have everyone in the business to manage, everyone needs to be treated differently. Um, I mean, I'll give an example. When we started the business, we had these massive dreams of being like, right, every payday Friday afternoon, we're going to have it off. We're going to do this and do that. And um, I think assuming that people will operate the same way in which you will operate under certain um, criteria is is just not correct. Um, you know, we yeah. wanted to treat people the way in which we wanted to be treated, but actually people operate differently under under different methods. Some people need more oversight. Some people need more of a push. Some people do yeah. stuff themselves. It, it's just, 
it, it, it makes it super hard. That's brilliant. And what do you love the most about your job? Uh, same answer, actually. The people, um, as I said, when, at the old oh, business, it's very... <laughs> yeah, it, it was really um, like a super cutthroat competitive environment that we came from where the elite literally are up here and then everyone else is a, a bit below her. And you could feel that in, in the office, whereas here, the culture that we have, um, I mean, I, I, I believe I'm speaking on their behalf when I say everyone enjoys coming into work. And as a result, everyone's doing work outside of work and everyone's success is everyone else's success. Like when one of us win, we all win. And I absolutely love that. And, and from an ownership wise, and, and I'm probably stretching this out, but uh, from an ownership wise, the, the owners of the firm are basically you and your partner, Gavin, right now, right? Yeah. So you, you're, uh, and, and, have you guys not today, but long-term thought about ways of how you would bring in more partners into that or how you would have stock option plans where people could buy stock options into like employees investing into the company and stuff like that? Or is that stuff for later? I mean, it's a conversation that happens all the time. So we will always be working. Like we, we learned that through coronavirus that sitting at home for a week, not being able to work or go into work like it drove us crazy um so we would always want to be invested into the business but um and, and again something we've taken from other recruitment companies is we want to give people the work for us the opportunity to have a piece of what we have so if someone wants to come to us with, with an idea of maybe a new sector or a new venture then we want to work with them to make that a reality and branch out on umbrellas where they would have you know, they'd be able to use the expert's brand name, um, but set up their own thing and actually own a piece of that, um, mm -hmm. that we can help them and guide them through. But outside of that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty much, you know, allowing the growth to happen with or without us, you know, where we can sort of sit back and just watch it grow organically with other people doing sort of what we do now, but also having a say in it. That's brilliant, Ryan. Love it. And again, Ryan, thanks for taking the time to be on this. Uh, we really appreciate it. Hopefully there will be people that watch this and get inspired and start their own recruitment firms. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, my email is always open if anyone's got any questions. What is <laughs> your email, free. Ryan? Just, just, just straight out. <laughs> sure. So my email is a bit of a long one. So it's r.pitcher at experts-recruitment.co.uk always happy to network, always happy to chat to anyone that's got time to talk to me about, you know, any questions or suggestions or anything. Brilliant. Thank you, Ryan. No worries. Great speaking to you, Sean. And that's all for today's episode of Recruitment Entrepreneurs. Like and follow us if you liked today's episode and want to hear more stories from the world of recruitment. <laughs>